0: To get started,
1: visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip Podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off all my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. Now, in the epidemic of birth fear from unhelpful, dramatized media stories, hearing and reading positive birth experiences can be super helpful in your birth preparation. And this week, I'm very excited to welcome Felicity Racina back on the podcast after we heard some of her experience in pregnancy on episode 89, and she's kindly agreed to share her positive birth experience with us. I have got my tissues at the ready. So welcome and thank you. Thank you for coming back on. Hello, thanks for having me back. I'm excited to share my little story. With a plus one who is looking very cute this morning. And, uh, he's got so much hair, has not he? He's got so much hair. Proper he's little got, blondie as well. He's got a little mullet. <laughs> we like a hairy baby. A hairy baby's good. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, welcome and thank you for coming on to share your experience, which from the summary, that you have shared with me sounds blooming beautiful it sounds like you absolutely bossed your birth
0: honestly I had such a good time and that sounds weird to say I had a good time pushing a head out of my vagina but like I'd do it again tomorrow like it really wasn't as bad as I was expecting and I do feel very lucky that I got pretty much the birth that I wanted and said I wanted the whole time without really much planning but to be honest that happened so quickly I can't I, I don't think my brain really assessed what was happening until like he was in my arms and I was like oh my god
1: I just did it I did this <laughs>
0: um so I'll try and explain like the short version of the story so uh, my due date was the 24th so I had a sweep with my midwife on the 24th and when I was there she was like your cervix is flat but it's not open
1: I don't know if you want to explain what that means to people that might not know yeah so that's a really good point because often if women hear their cervix is closed or it isn't open they're like oh it's not going to happen is it because my cervix hasn't even opened yet but what we forget is that your cervix has to do lots and lots of work before it even opens especially with your first baby so it starts off a bit like a tube of sweets like it's a really long thick tube that's quite far back and what it has to do is move forward shorten and thin out and then open so essentially it sounds like your cervix had done all of that stuff and all it had left to do was the opening bit Um, and often we forget that amazing work that your body does before that point so the fact that your cervix was already at that stage although it might not have been open actually your body was doing some really awesome stuff in preparation yeah so that was on the Monday and on the
0: labour I was like something's happening I don't know what's going on but like there's something happening and so both of us were just like right we'll just go to bed and see what happens in the morning woke up in the morning I was like well okay that was rubbish because I feel absolutely fine um what do you want and so anyway I had this week and the midwife sorry the midwife said to me it's all about him he's very
1: welcome to join (laughs) in."
0: Um, he just likes, likes chirping. Um, she was like, "You, I'll probably see you again in like 24 to 48 hours. And I kind of hadn't really assessed what was going on because her fingers were still inside me. And I was like, this is a very odd experience. And I had a student <laughs> midwife in there as well. So because she was in there, they were both having a discussion between themselves. And I was like, all right, OK, I'll just, I'll just be here. No worries. <laughs> um, and anyway, so after we did that, we went home, had dinner. Uh, and then i we were watching telly and i stood up and there was like a popping sensation and i was like mm, what was that but then i didn't really feel anything so i was like oh, okay and then i then i thought i wet myself and i was like well okay this is a this is a slippery slope here isn't it if you're going to wet yourself at 28 <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway so then we then we got into bed and I woke up at like three AM, and I was like, mm, "Okay, there's definitely something going on here." But I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up in case it was just like last time. So I was like, "Okay, it's fine, whatever."
1: Would you like to talk to everyone? Hi, We'd like to talk to you. You're very cute. We're hearing all about your entrance into the world, little man. <laughs>
0: okay um Ah. he's so distracting isn't he Christ um so so then uh yes this was at Ah. 3am and I went to the toilet and I was like okay I've been for a wee but there's definitely more coming out but again it wasn't uh, it wasn't enough to like be alarmed so Mm. I put a pad in because that's what the midwife told me to do she was like if if anything ever happens just put a pad in because then when you come in we can check so I was like right okay so at this point I didn't want to wake Chris up because I was like if something is happening I'd rather he'd had a whole night's sleep so then be a bit more alert the next day. So I just kind of just ignored it, went back to bed, woke up at like 6 15 and uh woke up and I was like, okay, that th- there's definitely something happening now. I was like, this is more than just a period pain, this is something something's going on. So I woke Chris up and I was like, I don't want to an army, but I think I'm in labor. And he was like, What? <laughs> so I've been timing my contractions and they weren't there, there was a pattern, but it was quite far apart. So he was like, right, let's just ring the midwife and see what she says. So then we went in. This was about half eight by the time we got there, probably, because I don't know why, but I thought, oh, I'll just I'll wash my hair. Like this is this a good time as oh. ever to just wash and air? I mean, my you hair. are
1: you are known for having beautiful hair, so I feel like it's appropriate that you had beautiful hair in Labour.
0: Yeah, but you know when you're like, what why did I think getting in the shower at that point to air out my hair was appropriate when quite clearly Chris was standing in the bathroom with me because I kept having them in the shower. <laughs> Uh, so we got in, the midwife was like, oh, you look great. And I was like, thanks. And my head, I've I was just like, I don't, working on I, that. Mean, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, so then she had a look and she was like, you're only two centimetres, but I can see your waters have pooled. Um, again, don't don't really know what that means. But um, she was like, so I'll send you home. And when the contractions get closer together, you can come back in. So I was like, right, okay, we got home at maybe 11. I think that must have been. And between 11 and half one, they'd gone from being like, five ten minutes apart to being um to being three minutes apart and like um a, a minute 30 each but because it had been happening so quickly I'd been upstairs and I hadn't I'd been timing them, but I hadn't really been looking what was going on mm. so it wasn't until Chris had come in and looked at my phone and he was like we need to go I was like no we don't it'll be fine we've got ages um Oh. oh we've got a full nappy that's what the noise is for oh that's here you go nice. mummy on my hand thank you um yeah so then he was like we need to go and I was like we need to ring the midwife first so we rung and he was explained and he she was like, oh yeah yeah come back in so we went back in about three o'clock at this point she was like oh we well, still only three centimeters so you can either wait here or you can go home and I was like right okay and all I was thinking was I can't do that car journey again because the hospital's like a half an hour drive from our house and I had the tens machine on at this point but even the tens machine wasn't distracting me enough when we were going over all the speed bumps that London has (laughs) so we're going and we got to the car park and the car park there is really really busy so I said Mm. to Chris park the car I need to get out before you reverse in or I won't be able to fit out but don't walk across the car park Quite quickly, and not realise he left me behind because I was having a contraction in the middle of the car park. I was like, please stop. Wait for me. Come back. So, we got, when he got to the hospital, the lift was absolutely rammed. Like, the lift was the worst part of the whole experience oh, for me. You. I literally had my head on his chest and I was like, <laughs> trying.
1: All these people around you. Like
0: anyway, so we get back in. Yeah, she's like, you're only three centimeters, but you can stay, blah, blah. So, I was like, right, okay, no worries. So, I then, She then said, you can either go home or you can stay for four hours and we'll reassess you over the four hours. And if you don't get anywhere in four hours, we'll have to send you home. And I was like, okay, I don't want to get back in the car. So please, can I stay for four hours? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. Within the next hour, I had been violently sick to the point where I'd wet myself slash my waters are broken more and it gone all up the wall and I was so embarrassed I was like something happened I don't know what's going on but no one really told me I was going to be sick in labor I was just like what's happening yeah but after that had happened it got really really quick so I don't know if the the force of the vomit had just like pushed everything along a bit and yes this this was a I don't really remember the time but Chris was like you went from standing because I was trying to walk around to try and lessen the impact of the contraction but it got to the point where I could do like two steps and then another one was happening so I was like leaning against the windowsill and then I went from the windowsill to the floor and was then just like on all fours like a a cow with my head pressed against the bed and Chris said it was like I was glitching so I could have a conversation then a contraction would happen and then I'd go back to the same conversation I was having before without without noticing what was happening in between (laughs) and then we went from there and I didn't really realise the transition in the different stages of labor would be as obvious as it was. Mm. So we got to the bit where I then all of a sudden needed to push. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? So I said to Chris, please can you go get the midwife and tell them I need to push? And at the same time that had happened, a bit more of my water had gone. But I thought <laughs> I thought I'd pooed everywhere. So at this point, I was trying to communicate to Chris that I think that I had poo all over me. Oh, the midwife. So we had a student midwife and a because they were like, are you okay with having a student? I was like, yep, yeah, I'd I'd prefer people to learn and to not be embarrassed. And I was like, whatever at this point, like it's fine. And she comes in, she was like, lovely. And she was like, can I take your trousers off to have a look? And I was like, I'm really sorry. I think I've done something in my trousers.
1: Oh, bless you. I've heard that so many times, honestly. <laughs> but
0: she was like, no, no, I think you're good. So she took my trousers off and she was like, right, okay. We need to fill the bath. And I was like, what? I was like, this is only just happening. Like, why are you filling the bath? So then the other midwife came in and she was like, oh, yeah, okay, we need to, we need to hurry this along. I was like, okay. But because we had a student as well, they when they were talking to each other, I actually find it quite useful because I could listen to what they were saying mm-hmm. rather than it just be silent.
1: You always got and more I, explanation, I suppose, as to what yeah, they're
0: thinking. Yeah. So in, even like in the middle of a contraction, I could kind of listen to what was going on rather than just feeling like no one was talking to me. And yeah. at this point, Chris was like, kind of useless because he's like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't, I didn't want him to touch me. I didn't want him to talk. So I was like, just sit down on your phone. Like, I don't care. Just be quiet at this point. So we got into the bath. This was at like quarter to seven. Um, We got into the bath and he was born at 7.40. But like the actual gap between getting in the bath and him being born was so quick. It wasn't until she was like, okay, you need to push now. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's coming. I was like, ah. But my whole actual active labor was only an hour and 38 minutes. So from me being on the floor to me getting in the bath and him being born was very, very quick. But the yeah. midwife was like, "Yeah, this happens. Ah. This tends to happen to people that are just uh, into fitness. And I was like, what? what?
1: Sorry. So if there's a reason to get into fitness, ah. that's it,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. And she was like, are you okay? You just seem really relaxed. And I was like, I don't think my brain really you know, knew what was happening. Because I kept saying no to pain relief because I was like, I don't want to say yes to it if it gets worse. Yeah. Because I don't want to have used all the tools in one go. So she gave me the gas and air, and I was like, "That's kind of distracting from my breathing," because felt like yeah. I was concentrating more on picking it up and putting it in my mouth mm. and just breathing in and out. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "You can put the gas and air in your mouth," and I was like, I, "I, don't, I can't. You're just, it's distracting." She was like, "Do you want anything else?" I was like, "No, it's basically not that bad." But afterwards, I was like, "Actually." it was painful but because of the gaps in between I didn't I mean I've got quite a strong pain threshold anyway so I'm not really one to go on for um levels of pain but yeah and then afterwards so obviously he was born and then I held him for a bit we did the delayed cord clamping then they were like it's time to get out the bath but my legs were completely numb Uh, I'd been on all
1: fours for so long
0: up and the, the student was looking at me and I was like I'm really sorry but you're gonna have to help me <laughs> so we got out of the bath and they did the placenta which was a bit of a weird experience because no one really tells you about that part do they and um yeah and then he was just doing skin skin with Chris while they were sorting out the placenta and all the other stuff but afterwards the midwife was like how did you find your experience and I was like honestly it's nowhere near as bad as I was expecting to start but also because I think I went in with such an open mindset of okay whatever happens is going to happen at some at, at some point in the next couple of days I'm going to have my baby so however he arrives I hope it goes well do you know what I mean but yeah the water I think as soon as I got in the water the amount of pressure that was like relieved off my hips for anything was was nuts so yeah I think that's the whole story pretty much in one but it was just a very quick experience <laughs>
1: A very quick positive experience and i want to just go back to what you mentioned about pain thresholds because i know for some women they are really anxious in pregnancy because they feel or they've decided or judged themselves that they have haven't got a what we call a strong pain threshold but actually i think that you you don't really know like you don't really know we might have perceived a life event that we feel is painful but actually to somebody else that is or that isn't and there are so many factors yeah, you in in agreement with me there. I think he's in agreement with me. Um, there are so many factors that actually influence how, how pain is perceived in labour. So if someone is listening and thinking, oh my goodness, I, I haven't got a good pain threshold. You just don't know. I've met so many women that felt like they needed to have an epidural as soon as they had a contraction because they felt they didn't have a good pain threshold. And then actually when they went into labour, like you, they then absolutely bossed it. Um because you just don't know until you're there how you're going to find it how you're going to react how you're going to respond how long it's going to be like there's so many different factors that can can kind of influence it I also think as soon as he was out and I held him I'd forgotten about any of the
0: pain like even now I'm trying to explain it to people and I'm like I don't really remember like it was painful but it was worth it like it's not like when you have like a toothache or I don't know you've broken your arm like it, there's kind of it just hurts whereas that's like there's no reward for it if you break your arm no. other than a broken bone but when, bad. when you get to hold your baby and you're just looking at them like wow I grew you like I think that was the point where I was like okay that was that was worth it yeah like at no point was I like oh okay why did I just do that like what was, what was the point in that day that was a bit long wasn't
1: it yeah definitely and it comes back to something I talk about in my courses which is that <laughs> physiological or that pathological pain so like you said when you break your arm that's pathological pain so it's fearful and painful and we're scared of it because something's gone wrong in our body but birth isn't that it's physiological so we don't need to be fearful of it the more we can accept it and relax into it the more we get those natural endorphins which are our body's natural painkillers and actually we can have a more comfortable calm shorter and hopefully more positive experience by just reframing our brain and and that's why sharing positive births is so important because there are some horror stories out there a bit like negative restaurant reviews you know everyone's so quick to leave a bad one but we don't always celebrate the good ones which is such an important 100%. part of of our preparation i think
0: And I also think when when it was happening and the midwife was like, do you like I only basically wrote like top five birth preferences. I didn't have like a massive birth plan. She was like, do you want this, this and this? And I was like, honestly, I feel like my body knows exactly what it's doing right now. So if I need help, I'll ask you. And she was like, oh, okay." But because I went in there and I would kind of listened to every variety of birth story you can have at this point, I was like, I want the bad ones. I want the good ones. Like I would like to just know kind of what's happening and I have such a big community of clients who had all told me their ones as well that I was like okay well I'm kind of prepared for anything at this point but let's just go with it and see what happens and because I kind of went in with the attitude of it will be fine like whatever happens you're being looked after and you really are in the best place for it like you're in the hospital if you need something desperately there's doctors everywhere do you know what I mean I think people that are, people that are fearful of giving birth maybe because they've had a traumatic experience in the past or they've heard so many bad stories like for every bad story there's gonna be a good one as well mm. so there's no there's no need to worry about it because you also it's coming out either way like <laughs> if you <laughs> have a guarantee. Birth for a c-section it's coming out it's not like you're just gonna end up just pregnant forever which no. as so he was actually born the day after his due date so I didn't actually have to wait around for that long but I can imagine if people get to like 41 and a half weeks they're like oh I'm gonna
1: I don't know. So panic. Like, yeah. It'll be over soon. <laughs> but I remember speaking to you because your family has a history of going into birth at like 36, 36-ish weeks, wasn't it, I think? Um so actually for you, you were sort of anticipating a baby around yeah, 36, 37, 37, 37 yeah. weeks. So you're a bit like you were, you kind of felt a little <laughs> yeah. bit of that that kind of prolonged pregnancy, <laughs> even though textbook-wise it wasn't actually for you and your expectation, yeah. it kind of was a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> If you are anything like me, the juggle between having a little one and trying to have a home that still looks nice is a toughie, which is why I am super excited to share Ruggable, the gorgeous range of rugs in a huge variety of styles and sizes that fit in your home washing machine. Game-changing, right? They are a two-part system with a removable, 100% machine-washable, non-slip, water and stain resistant cover so our little people can explore and run wild in our homes whilst restoring some style too use code midwifepip 10 for 10 percent off your ruggable rug at ruggable.co.uk i think i
0: was just getting frustrated of people asking me i think that was what was the most annoying thing of like friends were messaging go any sign of the baby and i'm like no and you asking me is not making me feel any better no, but really hard as that, isn't as, it? and as soon as it happened because it happened so quickly no I didn't even have time to look at my phone and I think that's when people started clocking on something had happened because I'd not replied to anyone yeah but I think next time I'll definitely lie about my due date to people or just tell them the month rather than the day because I think that that added to the pressure at the later later stages of it being like is it is it today I'm like I don't know but then I also think the whole the whole way through, I was like, how will I know when I go into labor? Like, will I just know? I definitely just knew. Like when I stood up and I heard that pop, my brain was like, okay, we're doing time this. to go now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really, you really do, do just know, don't you? And I think often we are almost on the back foot with our own bodies and that we assume that we're not going to know and we're not going to understand and we're going to need help with that. And someone's going to need to tell us this is labor or this isn't. But like yeah. you say, we're pretty damn clever. Your body knows. When that moment's there, it, it definitely knows. Um, and I I like you actually, Fisty. so our labor was fairly, fairly speedy. So there was no kind of telling people we were in labor. And I'm really pleased we didn't, we didn't tell anybody that we were in labor. Uh, and I'm so pleased we didn't, because for me, my worst nightmare would be feeling like this, this extra pressure that I needed to update people because they were at home worrying. And, you know, it's been this many hours, but in labor, hours don't, sort of add up do they for what what yep. what might have been 2 hours to bystanders for you feels like 30 seconds it's a very strange yep. kind of time when it when it comes to times actually in labor when you're a yep. woman in it yourself
0: even when we went in so the we saw the same midwife when we went in in the morning when she first checked when we went back chris said to her um oh what what kind of shifts do you guys work just having a chit chat and she was like oh well today I'm doing 8 to 8 and i was like oh, okay and as we left she was like oh i might see you later i might not and when he was born at 20 to eight, the first thing I turned around was like, oh, at least I've got him in before the end of your shift. <laughs> he was like, I don't think I've ever had a baby born this quickly over my shift when the woman's come in and she's only been two centimeters in the morning. Uh, but it just shows like how I didn't really, I didn't realize how quick that I knew it was getting dark because the blinds were open, but I hadn't really assessed how kind of long, long but short we'd been there. Like even yeah. at home, when we'd been at home like two and a bit hours, I was just on the bed like I didn't I didn't really know what was happening or what like if it was lunchtime if it was what's going on yeah. um and it wasn't until Chris was like we need to go let me just eat something I was like what it's, it's breakfast time what are you doing it's
1: funny isn't it it's so strange it's, it's a little bit of an outer body experience I suppose in that way isn't it it's it's so magical but I want to ask you how do you think having had a positive birth do you think that had an impact on how you then found that fourth trimester and that entrance into motherhood.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think there's loads of bits about the fourth trimester that I wish people had told me that then I maybe wouldn't have panicked over. Yeah. For example, the wetting myself. Like the amount of people then I then spoke to and were like, oh yeah, that happened to me for a few days. Cause the first day we got home, I was like, well, Why have I just weed all over the floor? Like what's going on? <laughs> um, but because there were so many things like that that I didn't know, but I kind of was like, okay, well my insides are fine. Like everything's all good in there I could kind of take that on the chin a bit more than maybe if I'd had a bit more of a traumatic experience I might be a bit more worried about that kind of thing and then when the midwife came around on was it day two yeah yeah day two and day five the one that came around on day two was like you just seem really relaxed and I was like I think it's because I had one night in hospital then we came home and that first night at home wasn't as scary because I actually felt okay in myself And I felt like I was kind of like, okay, well, if I can do that, like I can, I can deal with a few days, no sleep, like it will be fine. And I mean, two weeks down the line, I'm definitely not doing okay with no sleep. But (laughs) I think because my recovery has been quite straightforward because of the straightforward birth, I haven't had other things to worry about. Cause I think maybe if you've gone in, you'd have to have an emergency C-section, you then have to have kind of a different aftercare. Whereas mine was just like, it's going to sting when you eat for a few days.
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely, and even even I think just that mindset of Mm -hmm. not feeling distracted perhaps that's the wrong choice of word but that kind of birth trauma in the background if you've had a traumatic experience and for some women that might be a vaginal birth but it was just really traumatic having to deal with that alongside the sleep deprivation you know the leaking boobs the bleeding vagina all that stuff as well can just feel a lot which is why I think it's really important we we are sort of have all those pieces of the jigsaw if you like prior to birth to make sure that whatever the birth looks like um you come out of it with a positive mindset and we really try and mitigate that birth trauma because you are in such a vulnerable state when you've just had a baby so controlling the controllables to try and set you up for the strongest and most positive experience through that that early first tri- uh, fourth trimester is so important for mums
0: yeah for sure and i think we will kind of we'd prepared for when we were getting home as in like I changed the I changed I changed the bedding while I was having contractions like what did I what was, was I it doing? before
1: or after you did your hair uh
0: after since so <laughs> when we come home in the gap I was like i oh, just do the bedding you. but like we had loads of food in the freezer prepared the fridge was full and we kind of kept the fridge full not knowing when I was going to give birth but like we were still doing like a weekly shop so there was always going to be food there the freezer was full we had clean towels. I had clean clothes. Like I would kind of prepared enough that I wasn't coming home to things that I was going to have to be like, okay, what are we going to eat? Yeah. Or what are we going to do this? So I think that in a sense, I was quite well prepared for kind of knowing that it was going to be a bit of a, a shit show for a few days.
1: Yeah. Um, it's lowering your expectations, isn't it? Like actually, we're yeah. going to eat and try and sleep and get to know this small human and everything else is going to wait and that's okay.
0: And I, the, what I thought was nuts is that they just like, they watch you put a baby in a car seat and then they're like, bye, yeah. here's, here's a yeah. sheet of paper. Good luck. I was like, is this, is this the instructions? or yeah.
1: What qualifies me to be a mother? Because What's
0: this? But then when the, when the midwife came around, she was actually really reassuring because I was like, I, I just don't, sometimes he cries and I just don't know what he wants. She was like, he will eventually. And then I think probably about six or seven days in, I was like, right, okay, that's a hungry cry. That's a yeah. trap wind cry. And then I think you kind of get used to it. But if you'd have had a bit more of a traumatic experience where I think as well, because mine was so quick, I didn't have a night without sleep. Like I labored during yes. the day.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So because I didn't have that that gap of sleep. I mean, I didn't really sleep much that first night because I was just staring at him. Like, I can't believe yeah. I just gave birth to you. Yeah. But because I didn't have that long labor of being tired as well, I feel like I came home in quite a good position. You went
1: into it as strong as possible considering you'd yeah and I I'd I'd had
0: a night well half a night of sleep beforehand as well so it wasn't like Mm. I was pre-tired which I definitely think helped but I also just think coming home and being like right okay so I'm not going to be able to get out of bed at 6 a.m like I did before I'm not going to be able to go out for a walk every day we actually went for a walk on day two and we got like 10 minutes out and I was like, I need to go home.
1: Did you feel like your bum was going to fall out? I remember feeling like my bum was going to fall out. I, I just I just
0: <laughs> couldn't stop wetting myself. That was the problem. I oh, was I'll like, I'm walking around and unhappy, just thinking this is, this is embarrassing if it goes through my leggings at this point. Yeah. But like, I think I just needed to go outside and be in the air. So after we'd done that the next day, I was like, right, let's try and get to 20 minutes. And it was more of a like, we can build this up because I know I can do it and I know I'll feel better for it. But just trying to uh, come to terms with, okay I'm not gonna be able to wash my hair as much I might not look as nice anymore but as long as as long as I've got clean knickers on at this point and it's I wash win. my teeth like we're having a good day we're having and a good day. I didn't realize how long it takes to get out of the house with the baby but oh. even the pre-planning of stuff like that like if we've been out and I've used a nappy from the changing bag as soon as we get back I'll go and put a nappy in the bag so then the next time we go out I don't have to think about it so I'm just trying to be like As pre-organized as you can for trying to get out
1: of the house with a baby. Yeah. And then those curveballs that they throw you, you can be like, well, that was out of my control, but we'll deal with it now. Everything else at least is ready. Every time you need to leave and he's like, I'm
0: hungry. I'm like, oh, of course you are.
1: they are are always hungry that's like (laughs) a default isn't it hunger definitely definitely hungry Uh, that's brilliant to hear and I am obviously absolutely delighted that you had such a wonderful wonderful empowering experience would you share for us Felicity your three top tips to expectant mums listening that perhaps are thinking I'm absolutely terrified of this next step this this birth this early motherhood what would be your three top tips of wisdom or encouragement for them uh okay number one
0: however much your baby keeps you awake at night as soon as you look at their face you're like okay it was worth it like for example last night we had a horrendous night of just crying for absolutely no reason there was nothing wrong with him he just wanted to be on me which is fine he's a baby he wanted a cuddle and I was getting annoyed because so I was like I'm so tired and then he just kind of opened one eye and looked at me and I was like oh but I love you yeah. like it's fine it's all forgiven like, it's all forgiven don't worry mommy will have another Don't, don't, you, you, you look at your baby it will be worth it same as when you've done in labor like you're gonna hold your baby and you'll be like wow okay that was an experience um number two is don't overpack your hospital bag because the midwife will not forgive you if you have loads and loads of crap that you don't need <laughs> <laughs> and like we we labeled all of the bags so when the midwife was looking through the bag I was like oh it's in that one there with that and then she kind of knew what was there because I think some people panic and just take like suitcases and those other stuff. I basically had a backpack and that was it. And if you do need anything, like you're in a hospital, they will give you things. It's not like you're you're gonna need everything. So don't overpack your hospital (laughs) bags. No, but that I think that's extra stress stress for people when they go in is they're like, I need a pillow, I need this, this and this. Like chill. Whatever you have on you, if you have nothing when you go into the hospital, you will still be fine. Um and number three is make sure there is food in your fridge and freezer because honestly, you'll thank yourself when you come home and you're like, I'll just whack a ready meal in the oven and yeah. then we're all good to go. Because you need to eat as well to look after yourself. Like you can't look after a baby if you're not looking after yourself, if you're not hydrated, if you're not fed, you're not going to produce milk in a good way and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Prepare, prepare yourself. Even if you feel like you're, you've got like, oh, I've got like six weeks to my due date. I've got ages. Like you can't be too prepared. Just shove things in the freezer.
1: That's an amazing tip because I did not do that. I tell women to do it all the time and I was convinced I'd go really overdue. So I kind of thought in that time where I'm waiting, then I would do that preparing the freezer. <laughs> so on our way home, we had to stop at the Indian takeaway. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's fine too. We When we got delivery the first night, because I was like, I just want some halloumi. I want some all the things I haven't really yeah, been able to yeah, and yeah. enjoy. Um, and then after that, we were like, right, okay. The first few days, then people come around and bring us food and that kind of stuff. But I think I really, really appreciated how organized I was when mm. I was getting hungry and then he was getting hungry, but I was like, I haven't got any more milk. I'm sorry, I'm trying to make more. <laughs>
1: Bless you, yeah. But you had that prepar- pre- preparation nailed, which is amazing, amazing. Exactly. Felicity, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to speak to you. Has
0: he gone Thanks to sleep? Thanks for having me. Yeah, he's asleep. Ah,
1: oh, of course he is. He is gorgeous. And I can't wait to watch the rest of your journey through motherhood and watching this beautiful little man grow up with all that gorgeous blonde hair. He'll be using your hair wrap, <laughs> you know it. I <laughs> know. Oh, <laughs> thank oh, you. Thank you so much, my love. And big congratulations, of course. Bye. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this chat and want to hear more on this topic, head over to midwifepip.com where you'll find my accompanying blog post with highlights, my thoughts, extra information and additional resources. And remember, leaving a review on my podcast if you've enjoyed listening, really does make a huge difference to helping me reach more women with honest, reliable information. So please take a moment to do this because when women support women, amazing things happen.